Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Trendy Scoop. I'm your host Claudia Savage and of course we have another really really exciting show coming up. I'm going to be chatting to singer-songwriter Anya Dean who's going to be chatting to us about her musical inspirations, about sharing her musical voice notes on TikTok and I'm going to be chatting to Alameda and Colin who are the creators of the TikTok account Bricks and Disorder and they have been renovating a house all by themselves with no previous construction experience and they've been documenting that journey on TikTok so we're going to be talking to them about financial literacy, about how to save and about hopefully about how to not die from asbestos and of course we're going to be chatting to Emma Walton and Dave Bell who are going to be giving their amazing weekly roundup in the world of TV and film that is all coming up on this week's episode of The Trendy Scoop. First up, on today's episode, I'm lucky enough to get chatting to Anya Dean. Anya is a singer and songwriter whose powerful voice and even more powerful lyrics have gained her 209,000 followers and over 4.5 million likes on TikTok. If you want to hear more about her musical inspirations, about what she's been doing, then that is up next on The Trendy Scoop. And I am joined now by Anya Dean, who is the creator behind Anya Dean Music. Anya, thank you for so much for coming on the show today. That's all right. Thank you for having me. So let's start off with that. Do you want to just tell us about like your background and like where you're from and how you started out in music? Where did like your love of music come from? For sure. Um, I've always I've always loved music and I've always loved uh, like musical theatre and drama. I take drama at uni. So my like initial love of music was always through that. And my parents put me and my brothers through playing piano and guitar and various different instruments as kids so that's kind of where it came from um I've like started writing music when I was like 13 14 I'm no one wants to hear the songs that I wrote when I was 13 14 but yeah. they're somewhere <laughs> um and it sort of just grew from there I guess and then at uni I do a lot of musical theatre um and because we went into lockdown and couldn't do any rehearsals or anything started TikTok as everyone on the planet seems to do um, and sort of use that as my creative outlet instead of going to rehearsals and I guess it's kind of kicked off a bit. Definitely so who would you say are like your major musical influences like who do you think that your style like really emulates? Yeah um, I mean every singer-songwriter says it but obviously Ed Sheeran he's probably my absolute biggest influence I've I think we have like six of his albums like the same copies just all over the house Every, mm-hmm. like uh, absolutely obsessed with him um Maisie Peters as well I love so much Taylor Swift but like old Taylor Swift fearless kind of Taylor Swift yeah um what do you think of the insane. fearless the re-record oh my god absolutely love it I've had it on blast yeah all day every day 24 7 I think it's it's just incredible do you like it stunning stunning work we love to see it yeah 100% and do you know what? I'm just going to ask you about that because that is so true that loads of people, like loads of people always say Ed Sheeran and like obviously like Ed Sheeran is huge, obviously his music's amazing and all, but what is it like, just because a lot of people do say that, what is it about like his songwriting that like inspires so many people or inspires you? I think he writes from this place that you don't hear very often. He writes extremely personal songs but they're like they're so universal it doesn't matter where you're at in your life like you can 100% relate 
to everything he writes even if you've not gone through it he has this really special way of making you feel like you're in the same room as him when like you're listening to his music I think he's just he he just writes things so intricately but but like it's it's not hard to understand mm-hmm. and yeah I just think he's he's just incredible <laughs> and it's funny you say I think you can actually really see that inspiration because you share like a lot of your videos you're sharing like your voice notes and like clips from your songs about like different things to do with like relationships uh where do you get like your inspiration for those are they all like drawn from personal experience or do you sort of like get a bit creative sometimes uh, most of them are drawn from personal experience I'd say most of the songs about boys and relationships and everything are very much drawn from personal experience but I also when I'm uni I live with I live in a house of six girls mm-hmm. so there is never never a dry moment of inspiration someone's yeah. always got something going on um, and I write a lot about relationships and boys so usually they're from my experience but sometimes I'll like pull from what my friends are going through and sort of like write about that mm-hmm. um and then so obviously you've been on TikTok now so you're saying there from start of lockdown so you have like 209,000 followers and like over four and a half million likes, which is so crazy. But like, I mean, it's warranted like when you see how talented you are. But how <laughs> has it been having such a huge positive response to your music in like quite a short space of time as well? It's been like amazing. I, I've i been posting like clips of my music on Instagram since I was like 17, 18, but more just as a like a creative outlet away from my normal Instagram page um because I think my friends would have just unfollowed me if I kept posting singing videos um but to put it out on I mean when everyone started TikTok everyone sort of thought it was a kid's app or it was a bit lame or something and then it kicked off as actually something that people really enjoyed using um and to have like so many people really enjoy what I write about is just it feels so cool and amazing because I write about such personal things and it's so nice that people I know I never wrote music thinking that people would like it when I was like young I just sort of wrote music to music but knowing that people enjoy what I write and like get some sort of emotional benefit from it is just incredible and um, what was the, was there like a first video that you remember like one that really like blew up or, or one that you were like really just like out of nowhere and you were like oh my god like loads of people love this um probably I think the one that like skyrocketed the like the follower count and the like count and everything I wrote this song about dating apps mm-hmm. um which was more men as a sort of, like it was quite a jokey TikTok it's just like it was a bit of ban I had just got out of seeing um this boy and I'd like downloaded tinder and hinge again um and was just like going through them and just laughing at what some boys would say and how some people would like message you um, and thought it would be quite funny for like a little comedic TikTok sketch and that hit like I think one of those videos is on three million or something ridiculous like I have mm-hmm. no idea why people liked it so much um but that was definitely the one that sort of put my page uh, a little bit higher on the map which was quite cool I know and I mean I think we all wish that that is not as relatable as it is <laughs> no literally I, I mean I wish it wasn't but it seems like every single girl experiences the exact same thing on dating apps yeah and um yeah so what do you like what is plans now so what do you want to do now obviously like you've been sharing your music and it's been going amazingly and everyone is loving like because you do a lot of covers and stuff too but it's like 
it's not just your voice everyone's loving your like your original works so where do you want to sort of take it from here um well I've sort of been holding everything off until I finish uni um because obviously third year hideous hell Mm. um but after that I am hoping to well not hoping I'm gonna release some music um soon and take it away from the 60 second tiktok videos um because that'd be quite nice to actually hear a whole song every so often um and just see where that goes i'm just really enjoying like writing lots of things and recording lots of things and hopefully get some stuff out there quite soon definitely so where can everyone follow you to stay up to date with everything that you're doing and hear your new music when it eventually does come out um instagram which is on your dean music and tiktok which is also on your dean music that's where i'm I mainly am I literally addicted to both I post on there pretty much all day every day um Mm -hmm. so that'll definitely be where I keep all the updates thank you so much for talking to me today Anya yeah thank you for having me and it is that time of the week again our favorite segment with Emma Walton and Neve Bell and we're going to be chatting about some weekly recommendations for tv and film Emma and Neve thank you for so much for being with me again Thanks for having us, Claudia. It's such I'm so glad to be back. Honestly, I've really missed you this past two weeks. Happy to be back. Hope you had a good Easter. Yes, I hope you had a good Easter. Did you enjoy your break? I just really missed the trendy skip, to be honest. That's all I've been thinking for the past two weeks. H- hasn't everyone even? Hasn't bloody everyone? <laughs> I, I'm sure everyone's just been at a complete loss for what to watch without the gurus yourselves telling telling us what we need to be viewing. What is the essential viewing for this week? Well, they're not to fear because we are back and better than ever. I, well, I mean, we're, we're already pretty good, but we're, we're ready to go. Absolutely. Well, uh, Neve, do you want to go first this week? And you can tell us what is your recommendation? What do we need to be watching in the entertainment world this week? Okay, so entertainment is definitely the right word because this is, um, in my opinion, uh, one of the most entertaining shows that's ever been on TV, okay? Uh, It's not going to be a big shock to any of you, but you may know that the last season of Keeping Up With The Kardashians is currently airing on TV, okay? And if you're like me, maybe you watched Keeping Up With The Kardashians back in 2011, 2012, when it was like the biggest thing on TV, when Mm -hmm. Courtney and Scott were still together and like the drama was all about their relationship. But then I just stopped for ages because, I don't know, it got a bit boring or something. But then as soon as they announced that it was going to be the last season, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to watch the last season just for, like, finality's sake. And I just think with the Kardashians, you know, you can love them or you can hate them, but you can't deny that they are, like, one of the biggest things that's happened in pop culture in the 21st century. So I just feel like everybody needs to be clued in. And there's been three or four episodes so far, so far and I've been on the ball with them. Every Thursday, they're uploaded to Hey You, and I am on it straight away. And I've honestly just really been enjoying them. Like, it's really interesting seeing everybody now. Now they all have kids. You know, I it's actually a, a little fun fact about me that I can name all of the Kardashian children. I'm not going to do it to you right now, but... Um, well, take your word for I'm it. I'm honestly... Uh, yeah, no, I'm really proud of that fact. <laughs> um, so, yeah, honestly, if you have been uh, lacking, and if you've been missing the Kardashians in your lives... I would definitely recommend tuning in for the last season just because it's the last time you're ever going to be able to watch them and see what's going up until, you know, the inevitable spin-off, I think. But it's crazy. You get to see, like, Kim's doing all her lawyer business. She's trying to set the bar. 
Uh, Chloe doesn't know whether to get back with Tristan Thompson or not. She's going to have a baby. Addison Ray was in this last week's episode. They were exploring her friendship with Courtney. It's just, honestly, there's a lot going on. I'm very into it. And that is available to watch on Hey You now. On Hey You, definitely a big a big shout for the last season of the Kardashians. That's going to be the serious end of an era. But I did see so many like moments on TikTok from like the Addison Ray episode. Like it seemed it seemed hilarious. Dave, what did you think of like what do you think of the whole Addison and Courtney friendship? Because obviously there's quite a large age gap and like mm-hmm. she's 19 and what she's in her 40s and has children mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, what do you think of of that whole thing of like them like being friends? That's the thing. So they're 20 years apart, and I really was gonna try and give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, like age is just a number, all of that. But then I found out that actually they became friends because her son Mason is obsessed with Addison. And like she was introduced to him through him. So now I'm just like, I'm not really sure of that dynamic. Is Addison just in the house and then Mason's there and he's obsessed with her and Courtney's there and they're best friends. It just seems a bit complicated to me. I don't really understand what's going on. But you know, if I, well, I'm 22 now and if Courtney Kardashian wanted to be my best friend uh, I would absolutely be going around to her house on my weekend so I can't really blame Addison for that yeah I don't think anyone would be turning down that opportunity but if anyone is is has uh, has as much interest in this as us that's for the latest season of the Kardashians converting at the bloody words out here uh, Emma <laughs> what is your first recommendation for this week Okay, so my first recommendation is Crash Landing on You because it is, I've only recommended one Korean drama on the Trendy Scoop and compared to the amount that I have watched and I've loved, it is an injustice. So Crash Landing on You is was like a massive, it's one of the biggest Korean dramas of all time. It came out in 2019. It's on Netflix. And it's about a Korean woman, Siri, who is rich. She comes from a very influential family and she's about to inherit the family business but then unfortunately goes missing due to a paragliding accident and she accidentally paraglides into North Korea and suspend your disbelief girls because it is it leads to the greatest love story of all time when she lands there she runs into um so a North Korean soldier and he um protects her and is going to help her escape back to South Korea because um if you know if they find if the national security finds out that she's there you know it's not going to be good for her not going to be good for the soldiers it's very hard to explain you know so yes and it leads to uh a, a enemies to lovers storyline and it is just it just is the but it's so funny and it's so witty and so fun and it's also nice to see well obviously like I have to remind myself that this is like a fictional TV show and North Korea is not a place I want to go to. But at the same time, it does um, do well to depict what North Korea is actually like. So like they got this guy who is like a North Korean defector to be like a, like a writer on the show and like help them like portray North Korea in like a realistic way. So then it's nice to see that there's like actual people who live there and like how they like go about their lives and stuff. Um, and then her adjusting to that way of life and things like that and then obviously there's a lot of drama with her trying to escape Um, and then there's just as I say the greatest romance of all time and the two are so great that the two actors are now dating in real life so I mean it's powerful stuff nothing better than when the actors from something you love start dating in real life it just makes you feel like the whole show is real it's real it is it is a documentary and yeah so that's crash landing on you netflix 
and I highly recommend it. It is one of the best Korean dramas I've ever watched. It's and just one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. It's so well made, so like aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, just good vibes all around. Crash landing on you. I'm gonna have to watch this because to be honest, Emma, as much as I trust your judgment, like we all love an anime lovers, but surely the North Korea, South Korea is is a bit intense. Like I can't imagine how this reads like as a fun, lighthearted like oh drama romance i know and it's like you... oh you're gonna get sent to a concentration camp <laughs> i mean you would think you would think that it could not be lighthearted, but the amount of like like humor in it is crazy but it is it's it, it's actually it's so heartbreaking because obviously from the get-go you're like she's eventually going to go back to south korea and he can't go with her like he's a north korean soldier like it'll just never work so like it's it's very heartbreaking um i only have a couple episodes left and like i'm putting it off as much as possible because i know it's just going to emotionally destroy me but it is it's well worth it girls you have to put yourselves through it yes if anyone else feels like being emotionally destroyed that's crash landing on you and netflix and nave what is your second recommendation this week so um, the next thing I'm going to recommend, it's a bit obscure. I don't know if you guys will have heard of it. It's just this trilogy that's its only recently just been put on Netflix. And that is the Shrek trilogy. The Shrek films have all been put on Netflix, ladies and gentlemen. I know, like, honestly, stay in your seats. I was just as excited as you two are right now. But I know, I'm not going to sit here and explain the plot of Shrek because we have all seen Shrek. But I just think that at this point in the year, April, May, deadline season is looming exams are coming up and it's like all you genuinely need in this time is a feel-good film and I won't lie to you I did spend three hours of my day yesterday watching Shrek 1 and then Shrek 2 back to back and I have no regrets it was incredible um I just think those films honestly I don't know when the first Shrek came out like 2001 maybe it was um like we way back in the day when we were wee babies (laughs) and those films hold up in 2021 I'm sorry they're so funny it's like definitely would recommend if you haven't seen them since you were a kid would recommend watching them now because there's a lot of like sort of innuendo little like humor jokes that like I definitely was not understanding at five years old but you know now I'm just about getting them uh but honestly such good films they honestly are just like it just you can't not be in a good mood when you're watching Shrek so I just think it's the best way to spend your time right now is to be watching you know the feel-good films maybe when you're upset after watching Emma's thing stick on Shrek 1 afterwards and potentially controversial I always said that Shrek 2 is better than Shrek 1 I was like it's one of the only films where the sequel is better than the original but I really enjoyed the original when I was watching it yesterday it's just so classic you know I feel like it's just like all they're setting it up all the scenes are just like so iconic that like I can't even slam them they're just both as good as each other and Shrek 3 I mean I'm not really gonna dwell on it I thought it was it's okay and then uh, I'm not I know there's a Shrek 4 somewhere out there in the world, but um, as I think we should all just ignore that one, maybe. Just, like, leave it as a trilogy for now. But, yeah, everybody go and watch Shrek again. It's incredible. Absolutely. And I'm so glad to hear that, Dave, because, honestly, I had a bit of a bone to pick with Netflix because my... And, and this is how you can tell that Shrek stands the test of time. But my nieces, who are, like, two and not just turned one, they love Shrek. They literally love Shrek, and they used to... Do you know her children just watch movies on a loop like all the time? Like my mm-hmm. sister used to have Shrek 2 on a loop for them all the time and they would just watch it flat out. And then they got took off Netflix. So they had to watch Shrek 3 all the time. Outrageous. It was, it was the only oh. Shrek movie left. 
So now I have to, I'll have to let her know that, that they can go back to the classics, Shrek 1 and Shrek mm-hmm. 2. Uh, Absolutely. There you go. Oh, back on Netflix again. See, they better stay on because Netflix does have a tendency to do that. Is they give yeah, they always do. Throw it away. Mm-hmm. No, Shrek needs, it needs, it just, it, they just go hand in hand. It's like, it's just one of the classics that needs to stay on there. Absolutely. And Emma, what are your, sec- or what is your second recommendation for this week? My second recommendation is not as lighthearted as Shrek, <laughs> which I love. And also good timing because apparently Shrek 5 is coming out. So oh, that's no. exciting. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, like apparently, <laughs> you know what they say, you know, there's the first film's good. The second's great. Third and fourth is just okay. Mm. But the fifth is where they really hit their stride. Um, but it's a new netflix crime documentary it would not be a week of the trendy scoop if we didn't recommend one of those and it's called this is a robbery the world's biggest art heist now i went through a binge of buzzfeed unsolved videos over the first lockdown and i discovered my favorite buzzfeed unsolved video was about this art heist and then when i was being to a netflix documentary i was like "Mm, thank you netflix you have read my mind so it is basically about the world's greatest um, art heist um, of the Isabella Gardner Museum in Boston. And on St. Patrick's Day years ago, there was a robbery of half a billion dollars of worth of art from this museum. And they still don't know who did it. But it's just, it's it's the most iconic thing ever because I feel like with murders, like that's kind of scary and like things like that, you're like, oh, I don't really like that. But an art heist, like I can really like get behind the people who would who would do an art heist. Like that just seems like good crack. Yeah. So, so murder, actually, you're like, I could get murdered, but I know no one's gonna commit an art heist on me. Literally, whereas I could commit an art heist. I'm not saying I will, um, to any FBI agents listening, but <laughs> um it's just fun to fantasize. And just um one of the um one of the guards, the security guards who was on patrol that night, he is like he was like a rock drummer he's like in a band and he's he's just an icon and i'm excited um, to see his journey but there's a lot of connections to ireland um so other than the fact that it took place in st patrick's day there's like references to the irish mafia as they call them in the at the start of the documentary and the italian mafia because um they think that these people stole the art i'm not this isn't even spoilers this is like at the start of the thing but um they stole the art as like ways to like get out of prison and like embezzling things so it's very interesting like there's more to an art house than just stealing art you know it, it is an art in itself so yeah that's this is a robbery on Netflix I've only watched the first episode but I am already like so I'm so excited to see where it goes because there was a lot of references to things like that and I didn't know it went that deep I did not know absolutely so we've had the the standard Netflix true crime uh you were saying about like BuzzFeed Unsolved and you were like oh Netflix I'm so happy you made something about this honestly Emma you should have just had faith if there if there was a crime committed there will be a Netflix series made about it and thank god that there is because how else am I supposed to like live my fantasy as like a detective do you know what I mean like I'm not actually gonna go out and solve crime I wish I could but I can't <laughs> so Netflix has to provide that content for me Absolutely. So, some stunning recommendations there. And and as always, I feel like we really covered all bases. Oh, no stone left unturned <laughs> on the trendy scoop. 
Thank you so much, Emma and Nave, and we'll be chatting to you next week for what I think will be our final episode. Hold back the tears, girls. I don't know how. I'm going to have to go watch some Crash Landing on you to really let my emotions <laughs> out. Yeah, I'm going to just go and rewatch Shrek 1 and 2 again. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so thank you so much, girls, and talk to you next week. But see you later, Claudia. Thanks, Claudia. See you soon. Next up, I'm going to be chatting to Colin and Onomide, who are the creators of the TikTok account Bricks and Disorder. They are two best friends who took the plunge to buy their own property and start renovating it themselves, all while documenting the journey on social media. And now they also help to prepare first-time buyers for property investment by sharing this story of their first crazy venture. If you want to hear more about their journey, then listen up. And now I'm joined by Colin and Olamide, who are the creators of the TikTok account Bricks and Disorder. Thank you so much for being on the show today. No worries. No worries. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so uh, we'll start off with it. Tell us about, tell us what you used to. So tell us about uh, how you became friends and how long you've known each other for and like how you've formed this professional relationship. Colin, do you want to go? Uh, yeah, sure. We, we started, we met each other at uni um and became friends over pretty much over mario kart we just played mario kart through the night instead of doing our uni work mario kart we boxing yeah all of those so like four o'clock in the morning. yeah <laughs> and then that really like connected us and then we were doing creative advertising so you kind of partner up and work together and we just moved down to london and have been doing that for the last um five years Five years and we kind of transitioned into content and stuff like that and uh that sort of prepared us because we worked with each other every day and knew that we were close enough friends we decided to get a house together at the start of lockdown last year and since we've been working in content then we decided oh might as well just film the whole thing and that's how bricks and the soda was was born yeah. we didn't really plan for it to be as much of a disaster as it is though yeah we didn't we didn't plan for the disaster <laughs> yeah you were like we wanted it to be entertaining but not this entertaining yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but so i think it's like these are just sort of like oh we just decided to buy a house like i think for a lot of people like that's like such a huge thing so where like where did that come from where were you literally just like let's just buy a house i mean both of us we wanted a house um individually but we were we we're just trying to make plans for us to both get one. Um, I was thinking of buying one with my mum, and Cullen was thinking of buying one with some other friends at one point. Yeah. And we were just contemplating on how we're going to do it. We're like, oh, what what could we possibly do? And then eventually, we 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 agreed that maybe just doing it together would be the best thing. Um, and then yeah, we just thought, why not go for it? Let's see if it's possible for us to buy it. And then we ended up. Just, we just bought it. We just got it. As in, that, that was it. <laughs> There's obviously a lot more prep, and like you talk about it a little bit, and then you get a bit more excited at possibilities. And I think the moment really was cemented for us when we spoke to a broker who, at first, we were like, oh, this is going to take years, and you know, it may not ever happen, and stuff like that. But we spoke to a broker, and he was like, actually, you guys, even though you're freelancing right now, you, you can still get a mortgage, and you could potentially get this much and we were like what really that's not possible how <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and freelance was one of the main reasons how we could afford the house because um, yeah. before we were just on a 
uh, I guess a regular paying junior um, job inside advertising and we were just earning around 24, 24K a year, which is like, I think just like the normal, normalish wage. But then once we, we lost our jobs, um, then we started freelancing and then that's where we started earning most of the savings yeah. that we used to buy the house. So you talk a lot about uh, savings and like when you were building up to that point of being able to buy a house. So what is the best way for young people or for students to save money? Because obviously you must have been saving like hugely at that point to be able to buy a house. So what are your like sort of top tips for saving and how to save? Okay. Um, the way I, I'd always saved, because after we left uni, we, we had no savings at all because we went to Thailand and did the opposite thing of saving. We just splashed out thousands of pounds on, on the Literally, trip. I had a friend like two grand and I, <laughs> we weren't earning enough at we all. We had no money. <laughs> so, um, so it's good to know you haven't always been uh, the big money guru. Yeah. We're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're not sensible guys. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see from, from our videos. Um, but yeah, we, 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 the way I was saving was once I got my paycheck, I immediately put around half um, ish into like my savings directly, which was in a separate account. But before that, I already budgeted out um, exactly what I need to survive throughout the month. And only in like a very dire situation would I go into like the savings. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, yeah, it was slightly like different. Standing at the bar trying to get Jaeger bombs transferring out of the savings account. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Not until we went back to uni. <laughs> it was like, the drinks are so cheap, you just buy 20. <laughs> but um, I, I saved quite a bit different because, I, again, I had to pay off my friend first. So I like, prioritized getting rid of my any debt that I had um, to my friend. And then kind of just had to get a little bit creative. So I, I made sure I stayed in a really cheap place because I was renting in London um, and ended up staying at a friend's house on like a blurt bed for six months where the rent was cheap enough that I could save some chunks. And then that kind of got me back to a, a good starting point. And then similar to all, I just put my money away at the start of every month and, and tried not to touch it. Yeah, because I was also living at home as well, so it was a lot easier for me because yeah. I'm from London. So I was very jealous of that in the early days. It was like when I was in my little bedroom that had no radiator, no window. And I was just at home with money. <laughs> you getting the home-cooked dinners and you were slumming it? Yeah. <laughs> they always smelled so good. He'd bring them in for lunch sometimes. Okay. Um, yum, yum. Um, for you. Yeah. Turn that off. So I think he's just sort of just saying, like, trying to trying to save as much as you can is basically just the golden rule. Yeah. Yeah. Although, if I was doing it again now, I'd probably do it slightly differently because we're a bit more researched on it. So first off, I think finding good books about that give financial tips are great. Like, we read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which doesn't so much go into savings, but it teaches you about how to a way to look at money and another book you're reading at the moment um what's that one the book is called think and grow rich um yeah. by napoleon hill and that book isn't really about money at all it's more about the mentality towards achieving things that you set out in your mind and the power that our mind has um when achieve um, when we set our mind to achieve um certain goals yeah um so those those are like two books that i'd fully we'd fully recommend like yeah. think um rich, rich dad poor dad was the first financial literacy book that we bought yeah um and 
I bought it, then I showed Cullen, like, we have to read this. And then you read that, and it taught us so many important lessons. Yeah. And it starts to twist your brain a little bit into thinking, like, okay, because when you save it normally, or when I was saving years ago, it just felt so painful. Whereas this helps you, like, get a proper goal about what you want to want, what you need to do, and and how you can potentially see a future rather than like, oh God, I'm going to be saving for 40 years. Yeah. So I, until I can afford a flat. Because saving is just the beginning. Um, but once you understand money, you know that saving isn't really the most efficient way to build um, money long term. It's more about acquiring more assets. Assets is just like a, a, a cheeky word, but it just means stuff that brings money to you. And yeah. Um, acquiring less liabilities liabilities is another cheeky word but it's just basically things that take money away from you so like a mortgage is a liability for us um, because it takes money out of our pocket every every month same with our phone bill etc but obviously i I want my phone um (laughs) um, but yeah just acquiring more assets than liabilities which is basically the thing so that's what i wanted to ask her because i think for a lot of people like especially young people they would say like buying a house is like something that you do when you're like married and you're like ready to start having children and it's sort of like away far in the future but like so like sort of what would you say to people with that mentality about like what buying a house like what it can really mean is it about like building assets like how do you see buying property as a way to build wealth rather than something that you're sinking wealth into yeah yeah first off the amount of people that have thought we were a couple and I've actually been disappointed when they found out we're not a couple and not just have our dream home. You guys are such yeah, a that's, cute that's couple. That's great TikTok. Yeah, everyone on TikTok, I'm sure would have loved that narrative. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the main thing for us and the main lesson is like, we took from Rich Dad, Poor Dad is trying to turn this place and then future houses that we get into something that can actually generate us money. So it made us not think, oh, we're just going to do it up and sell it or we'll just do it up and live in it because it's cheaper than rent in London. We're like, let's split the living room. And then if we do that, we can have two rooms that we can rent out to lodgers. Um, and that way we can start having them help pay the mortgage uh, slightly. And that's like not the most efficient way, but that was our easy way in that we thought we'll have somewhere to live and can start actually getting that drip through of income. and then rather than sell it after five years we want to move out and rent this place out fully at which point it would become something that just generates us money rather than it's costing us more than it's generating mm-hmm. so you bought the house and decided to do as much work as you could on your own and I think I don't think this is unfair to say given your TikToks but you don't really have a strong background in construction but <laughs> uh, how did you go about learning how to like how did you go about learning all that sort of stuff that you need to do because a lot of it seems very technical yeah I mean sorry let me just mute all this stuff yeah, just, yeah forget we're still getting work things come through but basically um YouTube and and I had a little help from family members that whose advice is like questionable sometimes it worked sometimes it caused 10 times as many problems but it was mainly youtube and trial and error um which you know it 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 had its pros and cons definitely think 
we, we just what normally watch two sources so you you find one guy there was this canadian guy on youtube that was would always be so calm and break it down to me make it seem so easy and then another one which actually says you know this is the technical way to break it down and do it bit by bit but yeah we'd watch lots of videos and cross-reference them with each other just so we knew that yes this is definitely the way to do it and yeah. definitely the way to move forward um also cullen's dad is an electrician so he and he knows like little bits around each thing um within property so he helped us um along yeah. the way as well advised us to and sometimes he calls more problems than yeah. um solutions but <laughs> and that's stuff that we figured out on the way as well we had to retile the entire bathroom because none of it stuck the first time then we pretty much had to do it again because the glue set too fast it was like in the end that was based on his advice it was basically tiling the bathroom three times but it looks great now we put tiles on top of tiles <laughs> <laughs> well you know what he's got there eventually yeah yeah but i know what you mean called like my dad would be involved in construction as well and sometimes i think they just think they know know the world like know everything yeah exactly damn it, it gets me it gets me angry <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned there about the tiles, but I think it would be an understatement to say that you have faced a lot of issues with the house between rot, like bees and structural integrity. But what, from what we've seen so far on your on your page, what has been like the biggest problem? Like what was what was the moment that nearly made you just want to pack it in? I'd say we haven't met, we haven't mentioned it on the page yet, but it was probably the kitchen. The kitchen was probably the worst situation that we've been in with the house. And that was, so in short, when we bought the house, we thought that the kitchen floor was concrete um, because Cullen's dad and someone else, a builder friend, came to inspect the kitchen floor. And um, we had um, a survey that said that there's possible, there's possible rot underneath the kitchen floor, but it's impossible to have rot if, if the floor is concrete. So they just checked underneath the floorboards to make sure that it was concrete. They lifted one floorboard. They lifted they lifted one up, checked. That's definitely concrete, not the concrete. It's all good. I'm already Months getting later. a bad feeling about this story. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you were way too trusting here of this one floorboard. Yeah, one floorboard. Yeah, one, the one floorboard is important. <laughs> so months later, um, we're just like removing some... Um, kitchen cabinets to like try and fix the mold problem um in the kitchen we had a mold problem too um and yeah we lift up some more floorboards and then we just see that it's not concrete it's definitely wood and it's not just wood it's rotten and it's rotten everywhere the whole floor is just wood and it was rotten Cullen fell through the floor like because of the pure rot oh god it, it's something as well which is like the worst most expensive kind of rot to get rid of and within the space of like maybe two days, we'd come from the house is in a good space. We're, we're nearly there. We're feeling really optimistic. We're not going to renovate the kitchen just yet. We're just going to fix the mold problem to the oven was in the living room. Everything was in the living room. The kitchen now just looked like a bombard here because all the flooring was up. And we were like, let's just do the whole thing then. We didn't have the money to do it. Yeah, like we had people living in the house of us at that time. Like my girlfriend and, a, and another friend of ours was living there, and like they were they were paying us money for it. And we we're like, okay, so we've got to get this fixed so quickly 
it was yeah. just it was heartbreaking we hadn't planned to do a kitchen until this year but obviously we're renovating last year we hadn't planned to do the kitchen until the next year and it just that just happened that that really nearly broke me there was a couple of occasions where my heart sank. <laughs> one was with the wall in there but when it started wobbling and i thought i was going to fall through it and the second was that kitchen <laughs> it's it was so bad do you know what it's character development just I think like the <laughs> other problems in your life is you'll just think remember that when that thing happened with the kitchen floor and we survived yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so but the, the other one that was I think this was the other major uh development that I seen on your page that was very like um watch out kids doing your own renovation work but you've had a bit of a run-in with asbestos so yeah. he's gonna, for the <laughs> For the uninitiated, do you want to tell that story and how you, I hope, hopefully got out alive? Yeah, um, so it, it's kind of a sad story. And when we did the TikToks on it, 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 I couldn't read the comments for the first bit because there were so many people trying to scare me. But basically in the, the end bedroom, there's this little small room and the wall was in really bad condition. And we took out loads of the bricks and it was getting really wobbly and there was this weird pipe in the wall. And we were like, oh, it just it just looked like a concrete pipe, just a grey pipe. We took it out pretty easy, not too much problem. Get it into the garden. When you say we, by the way, you just mean... Just me. You mean yeah. you. Me. <laughs> I took it out, took it to the garden, and we were put in at the time. You. <laughs> I was put in at the time. Um, we were the rubble into these like bags for life. We didn't know that rubble bag bags existed, so we were just putting them in there. And this tube wouldn't fit, so I was like, "It's fine. I'll just smash it up into pieces." So I smash it up into pieces, put it in the bag, think that's it, and then I get a message from my friend who's I just sent him renovation pictures. Like, did, look, did I just smashed off. <laughs> you take that pipe? Did you did you break it? And I was like, "Oh yeah." He was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's asbestos," and. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh, it's, that's okay. It was only a little bit. And he was like, no, one one fibre of that stuff can can kill you if you breathe it in. At that point, I'm like, damn. <laughs> that's damn. it, I'm gone. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. <laughs> um, but since we uploaded that video, we've had, like, messages from lots of people. Some, like, good messages, some support messages, and messages from asbestos charities as well. Um, because yeah. one of the main reasons why we posted that video is to just raise awareness for for this as well for future buyers and for people that are um, looking to buy properties properties as well. Um, and one of the messages said um, that the pipe had probably had a low concentration of the flu pipe that that was the, that was the pipe that was in the wall has probably has a low concentration of asbestos in it. And the least dangerous kind of asbestos too. Yeah, and on top of that, Cullen smashed it outside in the garden as well. So and it wasn't in a confined space, so it yeah. was out in the open. So, I mean, we're just hoping for the best. If, if, if the worst happens, I mean, I what can we I'll, do? I won't find out for <laughs> like 30 years. So we do. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It, it was good that you posted that too, though, because it is like, like I know what, I'm probably in the same position as, as a lot of other people watching it, but there's no like way to tell. Like it just, it did, it just looked like concrete. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. You, if, you, if anybody's getting a house that's that's listening to this, just make sure you get an asbestos survey because it costs money and is expensive. But I don't think first time buyers 
have that knowledge because yeah. it comes in so many forms. You can be like ceiling tiles within glue of certain things, old plaster or like concrete forms. So we may have even had it breathed it in through other means that we haven't known yet. It's just that one that we noticed. somebody pointed out. Yeah. Um, and obviously always wear the, the proper masks and things like that because sometimes there was no masks at the start of the pandemic not even like the good ones or anything like that so a lot of the times we would just get our t-shirts and like cover our mouths like this to get an asbestos survey aside if you could like send a message back in time to yourselves before you started this what like what would you say what would be like your advice to yourselves before that you started this project knowing what you know now make sure I give a good answer to myself. I don't want to let myself down in the, in the <laughs> past, you know. I think it would be to to have got a, a structural survey done and like actually be in a position where I researched it more because we were in a bit of a rush. And as soon as you are rushing and trying to desperate to get things through, that's when things slip. And that's where like we could have checked to see the kitchen floor was in good condition. We could have negotiated the price and paid less but because we had that little bit of desperation and was like, oh, this is the house. This is the right house. Um, let's just do it and we'll fix the problems. Like we're young. We can, we can we spend the time doing that. You know, if we'd have just been a bit patient and done our due diligence, then we wouldn't have had as many of these problems hit us. And if we did, we would have been prepared for it. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. Also, I'd, I'd probably say as well, film more. Just, <laughs> just film more stuff. Film all the madness. Of, of course, I filmed. A, I filmed a lot of it. Um, but it would be. It would have been nice to film. Film more because it was. Yeah. It was such an experience. Um, going through the whole thing. Um, yeah. Some of the videos now and they're they're so funny. But yeah, we're gonna share that all on our TikTok anyway. Yeah. You're definitely sure you're up to like what eighty thousand followers now. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy. Like, did you ever think people were going to be so, like, interested in just watching you destroy this house and destroy yourself? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the truth is we did plan it. Because we were working, trying to make films and stuff, we were like, we know if we film this stuff, our story is quite unusual. Mm -hmm. Because two guys getting a house together as friends and trying to do it and it's not really knowing what we're doing, that's that's interesting but um but the truth is we didn't expect it to go this big or this quick but like oh, it's gonna be years and just a slow process and hopefully we just a massive some some loyal followers but eighty thousand in in a couple of months is it's crazy is madness but now that we're here we're, we're just gonna shoot for the moon exactly <laughs> one million next <laughs> <laughs> Start of 100k first, and, and then one million. <laughs> oh, imagine the house party for a million followers. <laughs> and you've talked one of your more recent TikToks, she's talked about your plans for the house and with developing more properties in the future. So, now that you have like tortured yourselves with this experience to get all of all of the knowledge that you now have, where do you go from here? and uh what do you want to do what do you want to do next um so we're gonna get more rental properties um outside of london um for for a start we're gonna look to buy our first one next year um within a year hopefully and we'll just see see how that goes ultimately our goal is just to 
earn enough money per month that we don't have to um, be tied down by a nine to five um, so that we could just create the things that we want to create and use our time to help um, other people. Um, yeah, and tell our story more and make more funny videos on, on the internet, on the interwebs yeah. and yeah. Just have a lot more fun really. That's that's our whole goal. I don't think the goal is to become like multi-millionaires that are just super rich. It's like we just want to have more free time. And I think this this is one of the avenues that we want to explore. Um we obviously don't know much about it because it's a whole nother ball game buy to let properties and being a landlord, like a proper landlord and things like that. So that's gonna be quite fun and probably gonna mess up just as much there, but you know, we'll get it eventually and be able to reach our goal. Yes, and then I assume we're going to be able to follow the whole journey on bricks and disorder. Yeah, everything, oh, yeah. everything, everything. Every little bit. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm it. I wish you so much luck in the future and thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you for no, having us so much. It's been good fun. And that is it for this week's episode of The Trendy Scoop. Thank you so much to Kuba and Ross who edit the show. And of course, thank you to all of our amazing guests. Thank you to Anya. Thank you to Olamida and Colin. And of course, to Emma and Neve. I've been your host, Claudia Savage. And be sure to tune in next week for what should be our extra special finale episode of The Trendy Scoop.